you don't expect it to end. You don't want it to end. And whenever it does, and it gets ripped away, you know what I mean? So you go from something you've that's consumes your life to what's next. Um, and I had to figure that out, you know, and, and it was some tough times. And I try to just, I guess, prepare some of these kids and give them some knowledge and mentorship on preparing for what's next. You know, you're more than an athlete, you know, football and what else, because it will come to an end. And I think that's why people get depressed. You know, you see a lot of stories with athletes in the league who, you know, once they get hurt or once they bounce out of the league, they go broke or, you know, their life really takes a turn. And uh, I guess just from kind of going through some of those things and being able to prepare those kids, whether they come to the school that I'm at or not, you know what I mean? Just through that process, building a relationship and giving a chance to, I guess, give some real life experiences and help them. And if I can touch them along that way, man, I feel like I did my job. Do I really work like a guy with a plan? Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Up Close in Personnel. I'm your host, Alex Brown, Director of Recruiting with Rice University's football program. Whether you're a first-time listener or a returning one, please be sure to hit that subscribe button from whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Rate and review the show. Every week is a new adventure into the world of football recruiting and player personnel. So your feedback is what grows this show, and it's what keeps this going. So now to this week's guest, we bring in Director of Recruiting Communications from the University of Virginia, Jordan Arsimon. Now, some big takeaways this week uh, really focuses in on the connection side of the recruiting process. And we've talked at length about how relationships are so key and so pivotal to the recruiting process, but how exactly do you go about doing that? So is there a game plan? Is there truly a process? Now, Jordan got promoted to the position he's in because he's such a good relationship builder in this process. So uh, in this episode, we really dive into the things that allows him personally to succeed in this, but also kind of the principles that apply to anybody involved in the recruiting phase. So when it comes to the connection side, we focused on really kind of two main parts of it. And that involves the recruit side, but also the area that you recruit, because these are two separate battles, right? It, it involves connecting with the individual, but also having the ability to connect with coaches and an area and understand different schools, different talent level and different fits. Early on in our conversation, you really get a sense of what led Jordan to the recruiting game. And he opens up about the reasons why he cares so much about investing in the lives of student athletes, kind of regardless of, of whether they choose his school or not. And that goes back to his background. And, and we'll, I'll allow him to talk about that in the show. But I think the main, main thing is, is that you have to be organic. You have to be yourself and, and allow yourself to be open and vulnerable to recruits or else they're not going to feel comfortable to do the same with you. So it's definitely a two-way street when it comes to those relationships. Secondly, on the connection side of it, Jordan does such a great job being specific about how he goes about developing his relationships. And it again, it goes back to being organic, but but also being able to talk about things that maybe aren't necessarily about ball, maybe not necessarily about football or, or recruiting, you know, talk about life, talk about your family, make sure that you get yourself introduced to their parents or their friends or wherever they're at, because at that point, now you are now involved in their day-to-day life. And that's, that's huge. That is absolutely huge so that you are at the forefront of their mind. 
And kind of lastly, we touched on the evaluation side of things and why you should trust your eyes, not your ears, and and really how to assess not only on-the-field talent, but also the off-the-field character. Because as we discuss in this conversation, we're both schools that have elite academics and elite football, and it takes a special type of person. So I really love this conversation. It was definitely wide-ranging and touched on a lot of different things, but with the main focus on connection. So with all that being said, I'd like to now bring in Jordan Arsimon. Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's been really cool during this time, especially you know, especially with COVID. But even before that, you know, seeing other people succeed, kind of you, you pick and choose things that you like and things that fit into what you do. Um, and you're somebody that stood out to me last year. And I, I'm glad that you hit me up on Twitter the other day, just DM'd me and said, hey, I like what you're doing. So, like, honestly, I'm really glad that we found time to, to connect and get you on the show. But before we dive into, like, the recruiting side, you obviously have a playing background. You played at Nichols State. You're from the state of Louisiana. And I know every show that you've been on, people have talked to you. Everyone goes straight into, like, asking you about you're from Louisiana. You recruit Louisiana guys. But the thing that stood out to me, you get the longest play in your high school's history, uh, 108 yards. So I'm, like, reading through it, and I'm like, okay. So he's a cornerback, and then you're playing receiver at Nickel State. So talk me through your whole recruiting process, because I'm curious to know how a dude that's, you know, returning pick sixes winds up on the other side of the ball. Yeah, so it was kind of unique, man. Um, in high school, I played a little bit of everything, you know, predominantly defense. I think, uh, I guess the concept for us was put all of our – best athletes on defense and let's hold them to you know a limited amount of points and I would play some offense here and there but it was kind of spot stuff you know and return specialists and things like that so uh, I'm from Thibodeau that's where Nickel State is uh, I lost my father growing up so my mom she raised me by herself and she was there so uh, I wanted to stay close stay home and be able to kind of be there for her you know and um, Whenever I was getting recruited, Nickel State, they were running a triple option at first, and I would have had some opportunity to play defense. But my freshman year came a new coaching staff. Um, when they got there, they kind of opened it up to a spread offense. So you can imagine going from a triple option to a spread, you'd lack some athletes. Uh, so they asked if I would like to play receiver. And I was, you know, I, I like the ball, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I made that transition. So it was smooth, man, and uh, I enjoyed my time there. No, that's cool. And, you know, you just hit on two things that are, are big whys, like big purpose-driven reasons uh, for why you're in this game. You know, you talked about, you know, single-parent home. Like, I know that's a big thing for you, trying to reach kids that, you know, it's it's hard. It, it's really hard. And um, I can't relate, but I can feel for that. So, you know, for, for you, you losing your dad growing up, and then also the injury that you had while you were at Nichols State, you know, those are kind of two moments that I feel like definitely have shaped you into who you are, just hearing you talk and, and hearing you kind of interact with people. So talk me through kind of how you went from those difficult places to now, you know, reaching kids and kind of having an impact in this. Cause I think it's really easy in our world, and you know, this 
um, you know, the whole player personnel route. Oh, I want to be a GM. Oh, it's about, you know, getting the recognition and, you know, the, the rankings and building up a big roster and thinking of players as assets versus like actual people that you have a chance to, to make a difference in. Um, so kind of talk me through how those moments brought you to, to where you are now. Yeah, I think people, people is what I'm really passionate about. You know, I like helping others and through my life, somebody's always helped me, you know what I mean? And without sports, without people there, uh, through some of those tough times, man, I really could have took the left lane. You know what I mean? It, it was close and having sports and having a reason and, and something to stay, uh, I guess down the straight and narrow really helped me, you know, and um, losing a parent, you know, that was tough. And, and I, I feel, and I sympathize for guys who come up in single parent households and I want to be able to help them, man. Cause you need some guidance, you know, especially if you don't have a father figure in your life, I think, sports provides that and I think sports provides an opportunity to meet a lot of people and and set yourself up whether it's the league or, or not the league right everybody wants to play forever but it's going to end for all of us um and to have some people to kind of guide them in the right direction and, and give them something to kind of aim for to shoot for and I guess it's similar with the, with the injury deal you know that was a that was a big adverse situation for me because I me mean, just like a lot of people you know I wanted to play forever you know what I mean whether I was good enough or I wasn't I wanted to you know what I mean I didn't know yeah. what, I, what I was gonna do and I think a lot of times for athletes that's the case right like it's something you train your whole life for whether you play through all through college whether you go to the league whether it's two years whether it's 10 years you don't expect it to end. You don't want it to end. And whenever it does end, it gets ripped away. You know what I mean? So you go from something you've that consumes your life to what's next. Um, and I had to figure that out, you know, and, and it was some tough times. And I try to just, I guess, prepare some of these kids and give them some knowledge and mentorship on preparing for what's next. You know, you're more than an athlete, you know, football and what else because it will come to an end. And I think that's why people get depressed. You know, you see a lot of stories with athletes in the league who, you know, once they get hurt or once they bounce out of the league, they go broke or, you know, their life really takes a turn. And uh, I guess just from kind of going through some of those things and being able to prepare those kids, whether they come to the school that I'm at or not, you know what I mean? Just through that process, building a relationship and giving a chance to, I guess, give some real life experiences and help them. And if I can touch them along that way, man, I feel like I did my job. Yeah, and, and I think I think you do a really good job of that, just kind of seeing you on Twitter and, and the kids that interact with you and um, like meaningful relationships where people are talking about you is like, hey, he's like a brother. He's like a, a father figure for me when I'm talking to him. So the, the question that I want to ask you is, you know, each week we've had on different people and we've talked about relationships, connecting, like that's the most important thing. That's where it's, that's the foundation of the recruiting process. But kind of going past that um, is like the actual, like the conversations, right? Like you've talked about this multiple times and I completely agree with you. It's really leveled the playing field, COVID-19 and, and the fact that now you have to have that FaceTime, you have to have those conversations. And, you know, we could come up with the best strategy in the world of like, okay, I'm gonna have my position coach hit him three days out of the week and then two days of the week, it's going to be a QC. And then one day I'm going to hit the head coach and you can come up with the best strategy in the world, but right. It doesn't matter unless you execute and like actually are able to connect. Right. And everybody has their different styles and different personalities. Right. But how, how did you go about finding your voice um, when you talk to recruits? Cause 
I'm sure you have a style when you talk to kids and you try to feel them out, but just kind of talk through, you know, you developing your personality in this game. Cause I, I, I do like the amount of like confidence that you have in this game, but you also have this humility of like, Hey, I, I understand there's more to this than just ball. Like I'm not about to just sell hype. Like you, you really do a good job of building those relationships. So talk about finding your voice. Yeah. I think I try to just be pretty organic, man. And, and, and be who I am, you know what I mean? And, and uh, I've always, you know, I take pride in being personable and, and trying to be able to relate to many different people. Maybe that's just how I came up. I came up in a diverse situation where I have friends from a whole ton of different backgrounds. So it's always been something that I guess came kind of natural for me, you know, and then in the process, I just try to be me, man, and, and talk about a lot of things that may not be football, right? We talk about football, you know, but we're talking about whatever, man. I just... I'm just hitting you to chop it up, you know what I mean? To, to build a relationship. And like I said, be able to help you any way I can. If you got questions about life, if you got questions about what you should do in football, the process, how to do it. Uh, I like talking football. You know, that's what I talk about with my friends. I talk about people who are not in it. So, of course, we do talk about ball. But, man, uh, I just try to be me and, and, and relate to whatever, the you know, I guess the kid likes, right? So find something to, uh, I guess, some common ground. And, and that's why I build the relationship on. Yeah. Okay, so everybody's playing Call of Duty. Everyone's playing NBA 2K, right? And yeah. So nat- naturally, we got to do that. But um, in your spare time, like, like what, what do you like doing outside of ball? Yeah, I'm kind of a, uh, you know, I, I, I'm an active person, man. I can't just, you know, if I'm sitting down all day and I can't get a chance to, I guess, work out, lift some weights or something like that, it, it drives me crazy. So I'm definitely, you know, in the gym doing some of that and, uh, lately, I've been working on a jump shot, man. They got a little uh, outdoor court out here, man. So since COVID, you know, I kind of got in that, the rhythm of just doing, you know, during lunch or something like that, going out and, uh, and getting some shots up, you know. So I, I do do I do talk a lot of trash to those kids about they can't see me on the court, man. So that's definitely <laughs> something that <laughs> with uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. So uh, for you, like you, you talked about the importance of you know, for kids that grew up without a dad, like they need somebody in their life to give them guidance. Right. Um, obviously you went through that. So have, have there been people along the way that have really helped you get to where you are now? I know Justin's someone who, you know, coached you at, at Nichols and is now your boss, uh, your DPP. And I think it's really cool to kind of hear the story about how you were applying for the Cardinals job. You went out there and interviewed, he was on your resume and, didn't work out, but at the end of the day, Justin turns around and hires you to work for him. So um, maybe it's that relationship, but you want to talk about like who that person has been for, for you. Yeah. And uh, to start, you know, football, man. And, and that's the thing because of that Brown ball, you know, you end up a lot of places, you know, we're right here talking because of that Brown ball, you know what I mean? And it opens up a lot of opportunity. And I tell kids all the time, if you represent yourself the right way and you play ball and you shake the right hands, somebody will look out for you. You know, they'll remember, I remember you, you on that team whenever y'all beat such and such. And, you know, they'll be more than willing to give you a job. And it's not so much about who you know, but it's who knows you. And that's what I learned a lot about, you know, through this. But uh, for me, you know, when football ended, uh, I didn't know what to do. So I naturally, I kind of just went into coaching because I was, you know, what can I, what can I do right now in my spare time? So I started helping at high school that I played at Edie White and, um, my old head coach, Kyle Lasang, he was definitely somebody who helped me along that way and just kind of 
guided me and, and gave me some some good advice you know what I mean and uh, I was in coaching for a few years and I just at, at the high school level just it wasn't enough for me you know what I mean like not saying that's not a great job or anything like that but I just wanted more and uh, I got a chance to you know move around with some kids and, and see the recruiting process and I really liked the college recruiting process a lot like just helping them along that way and helping navigate through and uh, and, you know, I mean, if you don't know anything about the process and it's your first time, it's a whirlwind. You know, it's a lot, especially if you're getting 20 offers or something like that. And you don't you, you kids don't know about non-committable offers or that you got 20 of these offers and you can't go to all of these schools. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So they thinking I can go to Bama like, nah, not right now. You can't. You, know? <laughs> so, you got to go to camp first. <laughs> yeah. So just to be able to help them with some of that stuff. But um so I got hurt again after college. I had a I had two ACLs in college, and then it was my third one, and I was rehabbing. And a real good family friend, Mr. John Degg, who was my physical therapist, he's kind of what started this whole thing, man. And it was really just us talking. And Mr. Terry McDonough was a friend of his uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, and he would go to the Senior Bowl and see Mr. Terry every year. And I was doing some therapy just when he was about to leave for the Senior Bowl and I was kind of in between at that time. You know, I would talk to him about jobs like, man, Mr. John, I want to do this. I want to do that. And um, he told me he was going to see Mr. Terry. And all I said was, man, that seems like a pretty cool job. That's all I said. I didn't say talk to him for him. I didn't say any of that. And when he came back, he was like, I think I have an opportunity for you. And I was like, well, I can get you a conversation with Mr. Terry. You know what I mean? He can maybe give you some guidance, help you with this. And I'm like, okay. So he called me. We spoke. He gave me uh, a lot of advice, you know, and he was trying to figure out I guess what I wanted to do. And he asked me, do you want to coach or you want to be in personnel? And I didn't really know that answer. And I didn't know what answer he wanted to hear. So I was kind of like, you know, I, I, I would do either. You know, I'm passionate about football. I just want to be involved. And he said, what are you good at? And he asked me, uh, you know, what's my strength? And I, I told him I felt like no matter what team I've been a part of, I always had a, a good sense of who's the best players and where they should be. And he said, perfect, you need to take this course. So he put me in a course. I took a, uh, the Scouting Academy by Dan Hadman, which really helped me, um, I guess, progress as an evaluator and just learn some more ball, really, you know. Um, and then from taking that, he ended up calling me in the midst of it uh, and had an interview for me. And I interviewed there. Um, and, you know, I guess just for other people's uh, advice to other people, how important attention to detail is and how um i guess small the margins are when you get to that level i didn't get that job because i had a misspelled word on my resume you know what i mean so little things like that you know i tell people that just going forward just to give them some advice on how intention to detail this industry is and especially when you're trying to get to the highest level right so i was just distraught man i really was and uh i was back um in high school you know teaching i'm walking around the track i'm just like man i can't believe this and uh justin called me with an opportunity and it just shows how god works man and and yeah he's definitely been another one who's helped me along the way he's a really great person you know and a leader so having an opportunity to come up here and also a guy who coached me in college ricky brumfield he's up here as well as a special teams coordinator so having a uh, somebody who's had an impact on me um, there, you know, as well as Justin here, it was kind of like a little family away from family, you know? So yeah, it was a good situation, man. Yeah. And I know you, you say, uh, home isn't where you are, it's where you make it. So, um, y'all are definitely trying to make 
uh, Virginia, second home of Louisiana. So that's pretty cool. So, um, <laughs> you know, talk to me about how you've been able to kind of like leverage that and, and get those kids over there and, and create a positive environment. Cause like, I think it, it all goes back to, you know, what's the culture of the place. And, and those kids are the ones that are when they're back home on vacation and they're around their friends or they're texting their, their buddies or they're tweeting out like, Hey, I love being in Virginia. That's, that's where you get kind of that cascade effect. But um, you know, even beyond that, I think it, what, what I'm interested to know is, you know, for, for you going to a place that you've never been before, um, Virginia's in, in a talent hotbed too, in the DMV. So um, I'm sure that's been a, a real learning process for you, right? As far as like getting to learn that Virginia talent, because you guys, I mean, from a percentage stand, standpoint, like you're, you're heavy, heavy in state and then out of state, you're going to pick the best players that want high academics and high ball. Um, very similar to us. Like we'll go Texas and then we'll go national. I don't care if it's Tennessee, Florida, California, Louisiana, whatever. Um, but kind of talk me through kind of that adjustment process once you did get into the building over there. Yeah, I think, you know, me traveling across the country and going to Virginia, um, again, like the other stuff we talk about, I experienced it, right? So then whenever trying to get kids to do it uh, from the same area as me, uh, I had some advice, you know, the same deal, like, <laughs> did it you know and these guys are here and they were here for me and now I'm here and I'll be here for you and uh, I think at first it was about talking about being a leader you know I wanted to start a movement LA to VA like that was kind of my, my deal you know I wanted to to become a trend and um, Mike Collins was the first one he wanted to be a leader and, and he did that and he started the movement and then you know it was kind of a trickle effect after that and then uh, last year at some point you know the fans they were go who's g-e-a-u-x you know what i mean so i was like yeah i think i think the wave kind of caught man and, and i was excited about that but uh outside of louisiana you know virginia we they do have a whole lot of talent here um like you said from a i guess a standpoint of like people who are um highly rated at their position we have a ton of that you know you see guys come from the dmv or really all over virginia who will be number one at their position in the country or top five or something like that so it's definitely a hotbed uh 757 is kind of known for that you know mike vick and uh alan iverson and and guys like that and we have marcus Hagens here who's our receivers coach and he's from that area uh he played in virginia and he also played in the league so he does a good job there and just having relationships man i, I think that's what it's about and since I've been here, I just do my best to try to build some of those, you know, in the state and, and keep some guys home. And uh, I think we're changing the dynamic a little bit of how the kids in state view Virginia. You know, I think Virginia struggled for some years whenever those kids were young. So they view it, you know, at, you know, for a while, they viewing it as a second tier program. But, we, you know, we're in the ACC championship. We're in Orange Bowl. We're playing for a New Year's Six. And I think that's kind of changing, you know, but it takes some time. You know, you know what you know and you know what you grew up watching. And then I think we're trending in the right direction. And that's why a lot of those kids are deciding to stay home. And uh, we talk about unbroken growth a lot, you know, getting better than we were the previous year. And I think that goes for recruiting as well. And, and even in-state recruiting, right? We want to continue to get those guys and get the top guys in our state. So hopefully uh, we continue to do that. And, and some of those big names stay here and put on for their state, you know? Yeah. And the thing that I, I like is, the whole trust your eyes, not your ears mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, talk me through your, 
your philosophy as an evaluator? Because I know that's what you came in to do. You started as a senior scout before getting promoted to your current role as director of communication. But I know you you evaluate tape, and that's what you do. So, yeah. like, what's what's your process? I know you guys try to to model after NFL style, um, and I think that's awesome. Um, the whole you know the highlight video is the trailer and the game films, the movie. So, like, talk talk us through your your philosophy and how you approach uh, evaluating talent. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's different times of the year, just like uh, for everything to where you really diving in. You know, I think we go through, you know, we all have our our software, our ways to find kids and, and the list that we're going through and going through, you know what I mean? And digging and watching and doing the due diligence. And and like you said, man, I, I feel like I, I just trust my eyes. And I think it's kind of a confidence thing. You know, I, I'm not afraid to stamp somebody or put my name on a kid. Um, whenever I think he can play, you know, and it starts with intangibles, obviously, like, you know, the height, weight, speed and uh, natural athletic ability. But if I see you do it on, on tape, man, and, and especially if you're a multi-sport athlete and I see you doing some of those things on the basketball court, on the track or whatever like that, I, I believe in you, man. I, I like to be first, you know, I don't really uh, – I don't like to wait, you know what I mean? And and I want to be able to say like, oh, you know, whenever they're big time, whether they come here or not, like, yeah, I've been known about that kid. You know what I mean? I didn't need mm-hmm. everybody to tell me before we offered them, you know? So I think uh, that's kind of the philosophy is just, it's just being bold, man, and not afraid to stamp them and not afraid to be wrong. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think it's worked, you know, and, and I'll continue to stand by that. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's such an important thing too, when, when you're building that trust factor with the kid. Um, we're kind of similar in the fact that we, we both have big time academics and big time football. Obviously you're power five, we're a group of five, but what we push is like, Hey, our non-conference are playing Arkansas, LSU, Texas, you know, teams year in and year out that are top five, top 10 programs. So like um, I, I like what you said when it comes to, you know, Hey, there might be some teams that play at a higher level. There might be some places that you get a better, better education, but when it comes to the combination of the two, like we'll go toe to toe with anybody. And that's the same mindset that we have. And I think when you get those types of kids, they're all high achievers. Like they're going to get better when they get in your program, when it comes to the intangible side of it. So like the makeup, the character, what are some things that you do to try to really, take a deep dive and make sure this guy fits our culture. Cause I know that's a big word and a big thing for it's everybody, but definitely for coach men and all um, going back to the BYU days of like how he builds his program. So what, what are some things that, that you look for right off the top? I think for us, like we talk, you know, you're saying it right now is academics, you know, and, and it starts there. Um, and not only to just tell you something about the kid, as far as an achiever or someone who's willing to work hard, but also just so that they can be successful here at Virginia because the academic program is tough, you know, and, you know, we have all the support in the world, but it's going to be challenging. And if you don't like school, you know, it, it may not be for you, especially if you're not playing. I think whenever you play in early, it, it's easier to, you know, to deal with if the school's tough, you get, you know, you got people helping you, but if you're not on the field early in school is it, hard. Sometimes, you know, it, you're not loving it. You know what I mean? So number one, I think, academics is what really matters and and we found that you know getting those academic kids or recruiting those academic kids you have more success because that's the draw right like they, they like school so whenever you they hear about 
the academic requirements and and uh, I guess the pedigree of the school, it's attractive, right? So that's first and foremost. And then just getting to know them, you know, we do a character reference form, which uh, asks a lot of tough questions, but it just, you know, makes you ask those questions and get a, get to know their background and see, you know, do they have a job? You know, are they playing football? Do they work? And not saying that, you know, you have to have that for us to recruit you or take you, but it just shows something, you know, shows some grit, shows kind of where you come from, if you're willing to really get your hands dirty. Uh, and I think more than anything, just getting to know them, man, talking to them. And you can get a sense, right, and just building a relationship and, and talking to them, their family, their coach. And uh, once they, they build some trust, they'll tell you some things, you know, and and you just make that decision, you know, are, are they a fit or aren't they? And for me, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be so cookie cutter. You know what I mean? I, I like people who uh, maybe are, you know, have a little bit of a rough background or uh, they are who they are because they haven't had that guidance. And if I get a chance to be that guidance and touch them and help them and change their life, you know, that's what it's about, you know, and I, and I always, you know, we have an academic requirement and they have to meet uh, something to get in, but I don't think, GPA always is a reflection of intelligence. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's a reflection of resources, right? Like if, if you come home and, uh, you know, your, your mom has three other kids she's having to look after, they got a hole in your floor, um, you, it, it's rough. You know, you expect it to break those books out at home and get all of that stuff done. It doesn't mean you're not smart. It just means that you don't have many resources, you know, and then somebody else comes home and they have somebody sitting at the table with them and helping them every day with their homework, right? And with that help, it ended up boosting their GPA. But what's to say that they're, you know, that they're smarter than the other person? They just didn't have the resources. So if you can provide the resources, to me, you know, getting an education from a top five public university in the world and getting a chance to, not only change your life, but that's generational. You know what I mean? Now you change the landscape of your kids and the kids after that. So I think that's the unique part. And that's what I really enjoy about it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And, and you know, um, you talked about kind of that trust factor of, hey, once you build that trust, then they'll they'll open up to you. And they'll talk to you. Right. I think that also applies to the area recruiting side of it. That that allows you as somebody who like actually knows people and you're actually from there. Now you kind of get some, some Intel that other college recruiters aren't going to get on players from Louisiana. So, you know, this episode, I really wanted to kind of dive into how to really work your area. Right. And I, I know that you guys break it up with your, your, your scouts. So prior to this role you're in right now, you're a senior scout and you had your area, right. Talk through kind of your process for, building up your database, finding guys and, and doing that background research of like, Hey, this guy's a fit. This guy's not a fit. Let's go to the next level, but just working your area. Like what's your process? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, to learn the area, there's a lot of ways and it just depends what resources you have as a school. And I think it depends what level you are and, and kind of the money you have to put in the recruiting. Um, I like some of those sites like national preps, you know what I mean? Just print a, a long list of guys, right. And just go through and really figure out who's who. Uh, that's one of the ways. And then I'm a big believer in multi-sport athletes. So I'll even look at all state teams for all sports, you know what I mean? And just try to see if you play football too. Um, 
track, you know, see who's the fastest in the state and see if they play football. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'll hit up a basketball player and ask him if he's going to play his senior year. You know what I mean? Be like, bro, man, listen, if you play some receiver and, and you look how you look on that court, man, we would have us one. Uh, I think, I think that, and, 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 you know, just having relationships, you know, I try to, um, if I see guys training off, I see seven on seven coaches and something like that. I think seven on seven gets a bad rap sometimes, but I was involved in seven on seven. So I like seven on seven, you know, so I'll try to have a relationship with all of the seven on seven coaches, all of the trainers. And that's how, you know, by the gyms, you know what I mean? Like those guys will tell you, you know, like, Hey man, I got this kid. He's not, you know, and then I, I, I watch him, you know, and I'm like, man, all right. Yeah. You do have a guy, you know, and I think trying to just, you know, keep that relationship and, 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 you know, I mean, everybody wants their kids to get offers. Right. So like a lot of people hit you up, man. And just trying to do the due diligence and go through those messages and, and watch those kids and, I think from a standpoint of the guys on the opposite end, right, that I have the relationship with building the rapport and and I know who I can trust and who will give me some real, you know what I mean? And, and I guess maybe that's some advice to those guys too or on the other end and trying to have relationships with college coaches is keep it real, man. You know, like if I can, if you send me guys and show me film who, who these dudes really can play here, of course, the next time you send me them, I'm going to watch them, you know, but uh, when it's just trying to see if you can pull the wool over my eyes and send me whoever and get an offer, it's like, bro, you know, like I'm gonna stop watching these guys, man. Play, you know. <laughs> but but yeah, I think like you said, it's just it's just going through that area, man, and having those relationships and and having a chance to to call down there and figure out who are the guys and and know the profile schools in the area that would fit to um, the place that you are, or just knowing the schools that really have the heat year in and year out and, and just watching tape, even if it's just watching the game film and seeing who sticks out. You know, I, I heard a coach say something. He said, it's not, this stuff's not that hard, man. Whoever's scoring all of the touchdowns, that's what you need to be watching, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a lot of little things like that. It's like the, the boy who cried wolf. If, if they keep sending you guys that either don't have the grades or don't have the film, you're like, all right, this next guy's probably going to be the same, but yeah, um, you know, I, I think what's interesting about you and what probably has helped you is the fact that you dealt with your own recruit when you were at Ellender with Devontavian Martin. And I was at Houston when he was coming out. And I just remember watching his basketball tape and the types of dunks that that kid threw down. I was surprised he didn't go to Tulane because um, I knew he was either committed to them or they were his first offer or something. But um kind of talk about his recruiting process and like what you were able to learn on that side of it, how that's helped you now that you're in the game. Yeah, man, I learned so much from that process. I think that's kind of what, what got me here. You know, I, I, I did, I had, I helped a couple other kids before that, right when I got into coaching, but that's when I was just really learning like kind of who to talk to and how to go about it. And then uh, with Tay's process, man, you know, he, he's another one. So he, whenever I, I got to know when we were just building a relationship or when I got to Ellen that he lost his mother, you know, and, his dad was incarcerated and he needed somebody and, and we really grew a bond. I still, I mean, I talk to him every day, you know what I mean? That's like, he's family to me, honestly. And, uh, his process was crazy, man. He, yeah, he's a freaking basketball, you know, so he was all state MVP in basketball and that was his first love. You know, he was a hooper, uh, but he's probably about, you know, six, three at best. Right. And, and for basketball, that's an undersized guard, but for football, you are a really good size receiver, you know, and, uh, he was committed to play basketball and football at Tulane. And, um, you know, that was kind of when Tulane was just getting off to this this new 
leaf that they've turned. You know, they've been playing some really good football right now. At that time, they really weren't throwing the ball much. I remember just some games they'd have like eight attempts passing, you know what I mean? And he was he was seeing some of those things. And, you know, he's catching eight or nine balls for us a game in high school, you know. And, and, and you know, you want to do that in college as well. And um, we really dove into his process, man. And, and I, I think the first time I saw him, I knew he can go to the NFL. And I still believe that. And he bought in, you know, and, and speaking of Houston, uh, we came up there for a game um, his senior year. We went watch uh, Houston whenever you guys beat Lamar uh, Jackson in Louisville. Then I, yeah, and stormed the field, you know, and, and Tay, he was slender still at that point. He's probably like 164. And, and I was looking at him and I was looking at, at, at y'all guys and just seeing the difference physically. And I didn't want to say nothing to him, but I could tell he noticed. And I was like, the dudes are big, huh? And he's like, man, they're big. And uh, he bought into the weight, the weight room too, you know, and uh, that's kind of when he started blowing up on the, the recruiting trail, you know, but he didn't, I guess that motivated him in the weight room. And he ended up getting up to like 185 before he went to college. But uh, from, from doing his process and sitting in the living room and having coaches come in and coaches call and, and I guess, I got a chance to see what was some good tactics or like uh, how guys built relationships fast, you know, whether it was him or whether it was me and picking up the phone and not just being so generic, but uh, just talking to me like they've been knowing me, you know what I mean? Like, what's up? Like, you know, and I was like, wow, I like that. You know, I like this guy, you know, and some of those same things, you know, once I switched over to this side, I, I took some of those, you know, I knew some of the good, I knew some of the bad, I knew it worked, I knew it didn't. Um, and, and I just had a real good, I guess, sense for it, right? And, and then I can give that advice as well, you know, from I've been through the process on that side. And then now, you know, I'm recruiting people, but I just try to give family some of the same things that I learned, you know, and again, whether it's coming to Virginia or whether it's going to Rice, wherever they end up, if I can teach them something in the process, because you don't know if you have two sons or if you have somebody else you go through it with, the second time it'll be a, it'll be a you know a breeze but that first time you just don't know what to expect so if if i can just give them something and and maybe that'll make them choose virginia right they're like oh okay i get it now i need to look for xyz or maybe they're like oh i'm looking for xyz and y'all don't have it you know so whatever you know i want them to be happy you know if you come here and you don't like it man i mean that, that's not doing any either of us any good you know but yeah uh that process was, it, it was cool. And, and it taught me a lot. I think it, it led me to here, you know what I mean? So I'm definitely grateful for it. And, and I can't wait to see what happens with him, man. I, I'm really anxious to see how it all progresses. Yeah. And, you know, I, I completely am in line with that where it's about the fit. It's, it's not about getting the yes, because in the short term, cool, like you can win signing day, but if that kid doesn't have a good experience, and jumps in the portal, you're obviously losing a scholarship player that you counted on. But the, the ripple effects of that kid going back home and telling his coach, like, no, nah, like that wasn't the place. Um, so uh, last last question, I'll, I'll let you get get rolling. Um, again, appreciate your time, man. Um, you said you sat in, in some of those rooms and now you, you're going to year three at Virginia. So you've you've been in the game now for for a little while. Um, who are the best recruiters you've been around and why? 
I, I would say dealing with, uh, you know, with, with, with his process, I would say uh, I thought Joe Sloan did a good job over there at Louisiana Tech. Shout out my guy, Joe. Uh, and it was probably because of his persistence, you know what I mean? And and, and I think I I learned some of that from him. And, and he didn't give up, man. I'm telling you, he's going to call that phone. He's going to be there. And uh, he did a good job but just – letting you know that that he wanted you, you know what I mean? And, and to pull out all of the stops, you know, they brought their whole staff uh, to his house as well as to school and just did some of the little things, you know, and I, I thought he did a, a good job there. And then um, I think here, uh, Coach Ricky Brumfield, he does a good job. You know, he's from Louisiana, my guy, and he's just personable, you know what I mean? And, and gets a chance to let those kids know who he is and, and build a relationship with not only them, but their family. Uh, and then the other one who I, I thought was really good. He's at USC now, Vic. Uh, he was here. He coaches D line at, at USC and uh, he does a really good job, man. He builds relationships with those kids and he just, uh, he has some little tactics, man. I picked up a few things from him, you know, just with, uh, I guess I'll give a gem to, to some, some listeners, but, um, getting them on FaceTime and getting somebody in the family, uh, let them introduce you to somebody in their house, right? So uh, you didn't just talk to the kid, but you talked to somebody uh, in their family or somebody who else who was maybe just a friend who was there, but you talked to both of them. So your name will come up in conversation again and you have a relationship with more people than just that kid, you know? So uh, I think all three of those guys, you know, they do a good job and there are many more, you know, I, I think a lot of people are good at recruiting and, and like it's about relationships, man. So you can build relationships and, and you can just be consistent. Uh, I think you'll have some success. And, and I really do think consistency is key, you know, cause uh, nowadays, especially with the text message, you know, with how, how I guess available kids are, you know, it's not like it used to be to where maybe you call once a week or whatever the case, you know, these kids are on their phone so much they're expecting to get their phone hit up, you know, and if you don't for a while, they think you forgot about them and, uh, so I think, yeah, persistence, uh, consistency, and just being yourself and communicating, man, that's, that's, that's kind of the formula. Yeah. And, and that consistency is like, it's easy to send the first text, but then when you get the one back, like actually the follow-up, like having that thread, having that conversation or, you know, on the phone, like not just, Hey, I'm getting on the phone to tell this kid that, you know, we love the way he played this week. And then that's the only thing that you talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that part kind of gets stale because if I had to guess, it's probably what everybody's asking, right? You know, <laughs> so exactly. if, if, you, if you don't, if you're not a little bit different, uh, then what makes you stand out, you know? So finding, finding, I guess, what works for you and, and uh, what can make you different than the rest of the pack. Yeah, man. Where can our listeners find you on Twitter? Uh, at Jordan Arsimal. I know the Arsimal is a, is a little weird, you know, Cajun last name, A-R-C-E-M-E-N-T. So <laughs> follow me, man. Well, hey, man, I, I appreciate your time. This was fun. And uh, we'll definitely have you back on the show. But um, best of luck the rest of the season, man. Yeah, you too, man. Appreciate you having me. All right, Jordan. Later. Later.